This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 349. We're super close to 350, by the way. Recorded on March 29th, 2018. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into home news reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the Average Guy TV studios here in a beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska. We're having a string of good weather, but it's really, Mike, it's been kind of weird, like a good day and then a bad day. I went out to Barrett's last night to meet with a friend. When I got there, it was like outdoor on the patio kind of weather. By the time we got food and headed out the patio, it was raining and cold, so that kind of year. Yeah, no kidding. I'm trying to play golf this weekend for my birthday. And I'm like, okay, I hope I can get out at some point, but it's been so up and down. You can't predict. I think Saturday is the day to go. Sunday's Easter. Just go to church, stay indoors. I don't yeah, think it's going right. to, I don't think it's going to be very good here. Of course, we post a show with world class, world class show notes each week at at the average guy.tv. Uh, don't forget you can join us live on the mobile app as well. We've got a dynamite mobile app makes, uh, makes it available through LastPass. So if, if you're a LastPass subscriber, you shouldn't be, or you should be if you're not. Check out LastPass, LastPass.com. We appreciate their sponsorship of the show, as well as the sponsorship of the mobile app to get it, HomeGadgetGeeks.com. Don't forget, rate and review on iTunes, subscribe, and click the bell on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, right down here, there's a little bell. There's a little subscribe and a little bell. I almost never asked to do that, but I thought, you know, maybe I should start doing that. We got a 1,000 or so subscribers. I did get booted from the monetization features within YouTube because I don't have enough listening minutes. I screw you, YouTube. Yeah. So anyways... Yeah, isn't that stupid? Like, I have enough. I have enough subscribers, but just not right. enough listeners. Whatever. So, click that down there. Listen to us on YouTube. We appreciate your sponsorship of the show. And then, don't forget, Mike and I have a crypto conversation today. We're making that free and available to everyone. So, typically, we send you to Patreon. We ask you to subscribe for a dollar a month. By the way, dollar a month, not a lot. Dollar a month, and you get our crypto conversation. Because we have Edward here today, and it's going to be awesome conversation. We want to make it available to everybody. And so that's free. All you have to do is head out to theaverageguy.tv slash support. That'll take you to the Patreon page, and then look at my feed, and both the audio and video will be available for you. We're going to talk crypto and the kind of the bait, not the basics, but kind of the underpinnings of it. Uh, and then we're going to talk coins in the post show. So if you want to, if you're thinking about investing or working on it or those kinds of things, pricing, all that other stuff, that's all post show conversation available on our Patreon page. Head out to theaverageguy.tv slash support to get it. It's free for this show. Typically costs you a dollar. All right. We are settled in. We got Edward back. These are my, Edward, these are my favorite shows, by the way. Welcome back to Home Gadget Geeks. You got bitten by the bug, huh? I did. Did you ever think two or three years ago when we first started talking about this, I was super skeptical. I, I honestly had no idea what the, what you were talking about when we, we first started doing this. But uh, do you ever do you ever think I'd, I'd turn into the believer that I've turned I, into? You know, I thought you were going to have me on for one podcast and that'd be it. And, and now we're five in or something like that. Yeah, something like that. And it's, it's always it's kind of good to have you back. You've become kind of the resident expert for us in the podcast. It's awesome that you're in Omaha. Uh, because you're close by. I've got to come out and visit your office, which was pretty cool. We, Hey, did you ever get your podcast started? We were talking about doing it and, and I even came out. Did you get something started? We have, uh, so we, I don't have the latest one up yet, but yes, we have uh, proofofpodcast.com is our domain. Proof, proof, P-R-O-O-F of yep. podcast. Podcast.com. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. How many, uh, how many shows do you have out and what are you guys talking about? 
we're on like show number, I think this will be five when I post it. We have nine subscribers right now. So we're actually talking about the, uh, we have a blockchain hackathon coming up. So that's what the latest one is about. Is that here in the Omaha area? In Lincoln. In Lincoln? Yeah. With a few co-working. How are you finding the the crypto community in Omaha and Lincoln is uh, recently? Is it strong? Did it is it taking a hit with pricing taking a hit? Is it taking a hit? How's the community? Yeah, I mean it was it was growing. It was doing pretty well while the price was going up, and then recently it hasn't. I mean it hasn't like greatly diminished much at all. But uh, people are, um, you know, that's why we are kind of not diversifying, but we certainly want to appeal to the corporate audience who's not interesting the currency side. And so that's, you know, the, the blockchain piece of that is a way to get them into the, the community um, somehow. So, InfoTech is going on. AIM, uh, AIM is the, the sponsor for InfoTech, which is a big tech conference here in Omaha. You and I actually always connect there. I, I, we didn't show up this year. I didn't either. Uh, okay. Well, we missed it. <laughs> we, we both missed it. I was going to ask uh, how it's going there. That's actually, I think InfoTech is where I first met you for the very first time. I, I interviewed so. you kind of blind and you started talking about this thing called Bitcoin and the blockchain. And it'd be interesting to go back to that interview and see how stupid I really was. Like, you gotta on start somewhere. Like, oh, I know you got to start somewhere. Well, I, I appreciate it indeed. Hey, while we're talking, uh, we were talking about events that are going on, especially here in the Omaha area. We are doing a crypto event, a Bitcoin event here. Uh, can you talk a little bit about when that is and what it is? And if folks wanted to participate, how they would find out about it? Sure. So, there's uh these are happening in other cities so it's not uh and we actually did our first one back in the day 2014 we did our first bitcoin day omaha and uh the idea was to start just it was a means of education uh we just tried to get the word out a lot of people hadn't even heard of bitcoin yet and uh so uh, a lot of some you know just people curious about it and you know it was worth who knows a couple hundred bucks back then probably and um but we the goal at that point for our company, I've mentioned this before, is like we were originally thinking or the, we were going to start to onboard retailers to accept Bitcoin. Um, and then uh, eventually that we realized that wasn't going to happen. Um, so, uh, so, so yeah, we did 2014. Um, then we had our FinTech conference in 2015. And then recently now we've uh, brought Bitcoin Day back. And so we're going to have, uh, it's going to be on May 5th. So, we're actually, we picked that day because that's uh, Berkshire Hathaway uh, shareholders meeting. And uh, because, uh, you know, we know how Warren feels about Bitcoin. So we wanted to kind of give him a little poke. And I love it. Going head to head with Warren Buffett. That's <laughs> yeah. pretty sweet. That's pretty. For, for those that don't know, uh, Berkshire Hathaway run by Warren Buffett, uh, one of the richest guys in the world. That goes back and forth. Who's the richest guy? I think Bezos is in there. And there's some guy from Saudi Arabia as well. Bill Gates fall, falls into that category. But they have a big party. Berkshire Hathaway has a big party the first weekend in May every single year. It's awesome for the economy. I mean, and we're really good. A lot of people don't know, actually, that Berkshire event has prepped Omaha to be a host for a lot of things. So we've done the Olympic swim trials. NCAA tournament was here last weekend. And so people go, seriously? I mean, this year it was what? Atlanta, L.A., Omaha. You know, Well, and the International Horse Show, which is for the FEI. Like, if you're into equestrian worldwide... Omaha beat out London, Japan, all of their cities to have the FEI horse show. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely prepped us. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're uh, we're a city actually that can handle those massive customers coming in and kind of being downtown, and it's pretty great. We've got all the facilities to handle it as well. Edward, where's the event at, and how do you feel about? I mean, that's that's pretty tough going going up against Berkshire <laughs> Hathaway's event. How do you feel about that? 
Um, so I thought originally that we would draw people who are, you know, I, I, well, I hoped I wasn't under any delusion. So we would actually draw people that were coming from Berkshire, like somehow they would decide, oh, I'm not, you know, but there are really lines at Berkshire Hathaway that like people get shut out, right? And so if you don't get in the door, what are you going to do? You just uh, pop on over to Bitcoin Day. So it's at the Marriott at 102nd okay. and Dodge. And okay. so um, we're going to talk about mining, talk about trading, uh, security, buying, selling. Uh, the mornings are going to be for kind of people just getting into it. And the afternoon is going to be for more advanced uh, folks in the space. So. And I think 99 for the morning, 149 for the afternoon. Is that right? 199 for the afternoon. Yep. Okay. And then the whole thing, 249. That's right? correct. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Cool. And, yeah. I think uh, so. Warren, as you mentioned, Warren is not he's you know, he's he's getting ready to retire or something. And him and Charlie, his partner, are uh, you know, they have they've spoken about it several times and, and none of them have or those two have at least have not uh, caught on to, to what's what's going down. And so they uh, they are they've spoken against you know, they are not fans of it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's not an investment though, right? I mean, let's let's just be really clear at this point. It's super crazy, but it mm-hmm. so was the internet in 1997. Like, so when we were first we were first talking about the internet in 93, 94, 95, I mean, I remember those days and I was this big nerd and I'm like, hey, this internet thing is coming and AOL's got a door to it and you go through CompuServe and people are like, what the heck is that? Like, and companies started coming out and remember all the, 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 the IPOs that, yeah. uh, you know, and people are like, this is crazy and it's nuts. We still, we live through it. Like it happened. Like, and there were a few companies that came out on the back end. I was always super mad that I didn't participate more. Now I was a poor college student and I have a lot of money to participate, you know, participate in it. But I was upset at myself that there were some things I could have done better. And so I've kind of committed after watching this run of Bitcoin and in the blockchain and some of these things with crypto, it's like, you know what? I'm just going to pay attention. Doesn't mean I need to bet the farm, but I'm going to pay attention, right? To what's going on. Well, it's kind of like- Make it, make it the opposite of your portfolio, right? On one end, you got bonds. On the other end, you got crypto. Like this right. is just, this is right. where you- Yeah, part of your portfolio should be in- Risky re- investment, okay. right? We're not, we're not giving investment advice. We're not giving investment advice, but part of your portfolio should be super risky stuff. And I think crypto fits in yeah. that category. Yeah, it's that really. high risk part. It's not your entire portfolio, but it's part of it. So it's like, I think it's, it's like Jamie Dimon though. It's like, you know, he came out against Bitcoin recently, but his, the companies he owns or runs, they're investing in crypto, right? There's been evidence of that. And I suspect they're dabbling in blockchain stuff. And so for Warren, even though he is against it, or at least against the crypto side of it, his companies, I suspect somebody somewhere is working on blockchain stuff in one of his companies. And so whether he personally cares for it or not, it really is, you know, Yeah, yeah, it's posturing. The um, we're going to talk, Edward. We're going to talk about blockchain stuff because uh, I think that's the more exciting. And actually, as as folks who are looking at crypto, you should be studying the blockchain, not the coins. Well, that's exciting and fun. The blockchain is really where it's at. So we're going to quiz you about that here a little bit later. I want to follow back up with you. Last time we talked with you, you had just deployed a new ATM to Lincoln. You have an ATM, a Bitcoin ATM, in Omaha. And you've lived through a serious downturn, right, in this stuff. I want to ask you, how are the ATMs doing? Uh, you don't have to disclose any financials, but just tell me how you feel about that as an owner of those ATMs. And then what kind of traffic are you seeing? And does it does it trail off during something like this? And just, just kind of give me an update on what you're doing with your ATMs. Was Lincoln, when I, when I talked to you last, was that Lincoln? You had just deployed Lincoln. Okay, yes. we, yeah. So now we're in Fargo as well. We oh, did wow. put one up in Fargo. Hey, so. Congratulations. Thanks. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, 
So we have three, and Fargo actually, in March, we um, hit the goal, hit the number I was looking for, um, pretty similar to Lincoln. I'm kind of using Lincoln as the gauge. Um, and so that was, no, yeah, that was March for Fargo. And then in terms of overall, uh, February, we hit a new high overall in February again, um, which it's funny because for me, I, you know, I keep, I keep track of the stats all the time, yeah, but right um, I, I kind of leave myself a surprise at the end of the month to actually find out how we did. And so I, you know, I kind of just play mental games of like, man, it's not looking good or whatever. And then at the end of the month, you know, pleasantly surprised maybe. I think again, coming up on the end of the month, March, I don't think, I think March will be a dip for us. Um, I think, I think maybe trailing off from December to February was the, just that we were trailing from December and the run-up and stuff into February. And I think people are finally like, Oh yeah, maybe the price isn't going to go anywhere or whatever, you know? So, um, so yeah, uh, but that's, that's March and I'm fine with the down month. We haven't had down month in a while, so that's all right. Um, so I'm looking forward to the rest of the year and hopefully it goes back up. No, they're in place. John Biggs had asked me via messenger. He was, he was pinging me. He's gotten all in on the mining side and, he said, I told, I told him you were going to be on. He's like, so is Edward auctioned off <laughs> the, the ATMs yet? So <laughs> I, apparently not. Right? No. You, you, you're going to hold on to him. Yeah. So we, know. um, we're actually, I don't know if I remember, I don't remember if I told you. So Mike asked me if I was doing something. Oh, if, uh, I can't remember what he asked me. I was like, you know, our, we are so crazy busy running right now, but we, so we are, um, finally launching, um, our, uh, the multifunction kiosk that that's kind of always been my dream for the past two years is that we are always going to get out of just doing Bitcoin. And so, uh, so the new kiosks will actually have a lot more functionality that will appeal to a broader audience. Um, so that'll help kind of, uh, defray some of the risk in terms of our, our revenue. And then we're also finally offering, um, going live with hosted mining. So we are um, folks that have, if you have 50 ASICs um, and are sick of the noise and sick of the heat, then we'll take those on and get them out of your basement or whatever. So that's, uh, uh, maybe next time we can talk more about that after it's fully functional, but that's finally going live. So Yeah, I'm going to ask you about that here in just a second because yeah. I know you guys have one. But when you, um, from from an ATM perspective, are there any, are you, are you in a spot where you're thinking like, okay, we did Fargo, now we'd like to deploy a few more? Is, are you, and you don't have to disclose anything. But oh, that's fine. No, that's fine. We, um, so the biggest hurdle has always been um, regulation, not, I mean, capital too, but regulation. And so, um, and the fact that I knew this other, we were this, we were kind of releasing a new line. And so I, you know, uh, having just the Bitcoin kiosk is was a little bit of a, a short sell for us. So um, we have the regulation um, worked out now. And so the the three that we have will probably be the only true ATMs. We have Bitcoin ATMs. Um, and, and now that we have pretty much access to any state we want through some partnerships we're uh, working on, um, now capital is really the only thing that's stopping us. So, uh, yeah, I think by the next time we chat, I should have some, some more news for us. So. Cool. And, and f- from a, from a, ca- a positive cash flow standpoint, I'm, I mean, I'm assuming this is more than just an investment that there, that you are seeing some returns on these ATMs that are out there. Yeah. So the ATMs, we our markup, which people, I mean, I don't know. It depends on who you are. Some people think this is a steal, but like our markup is 8%, which relative to the, the Bitcoin ATM market, that is a steal. Um, people I know are charging 14%. So um, we're, you know, for, I, I've really tried hard to keep that rate 
steady or low or as, as low as possible for folks. I mean, we want to support the community. So, um, but 8% is, doesn't go to our bottom line, but we have some costs involved in that. And then sometimes, I mean, we're hedging. So sometimes we take a risk and sometimes we lose money on a transaction because of the price you know, fluctuation. So, um, so they are, I mean, they're, they are all, they're not all paid off because we've just deployed some of them, but um, they are in the process of being paid off. I mean, we are cash flow positive in, in, in terms of, but most that's great. Yeah. That's great. If you feel like you have some a follow uh, a um, faithful follower base, like you're getting, it's it's most it's the same people just repeating those actions. Or are you getting kind of some fringe folks as well who are trying it out? So we there are. I try not to keep track of our customers. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that, right. So um, so we but I. I, I think I know, I'm, I'm not going to share, but I think I do know kind of what the number of customers we have and kind of the, that that rate, I mean, it, it grows a little each month, but yeah, I mean, those customers are, it's not, it's not growing true dramatically at this point because people are, uh, I mean, people yeah, come it's back. Not, so. This is not hot and sexy right now. Right? Well, <laughs> you know? It's not growing because, like, what would precipitate somebody getting involved, I guess, is my question. It's like, we, either they move into town or somebody sends them there. Um, we are going to do some Facebook ads, but for the most part, it's it's just it's a niche. And so, yeah. you know, if if so, I'm a Coinbase user, and I think Mike is too. Uh, and if we want to onboard our cash, our U.S. dollars to Bitcoin, that's the most convenient way. Why would I use your ATM as opposed to just onboarding it through sure. Coinbase? So. I was thinking about this, or somebody, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and and the best analogy there's two. One is just we live in a microwave culture, and people just want things instantaneously. So Coinbase, whether you know even just to onboard takes a while, then transactions may or may not take a little while longer to get your dollars up there. It's not drastic, but so but the but what they said was there are uh, the fact that you buy um, people. There are people that buy beer and milk and candy bars in a, in a grocery in a gas station instead of going to a grocery store which is more you know you save all your money you go on a grocery trip you buy all your groceries and then you go home and you have all that stuff at home well why do people go and just buy it at a gas station it's just this instant i want it now mentality and and some people especially if you're cash based that is the mentality and so they uh so yeah they they don't want to go to the grocery store they want to go to the gas station buy their stuff and because it's closer or whatever so so it would be, oh, go ahead, Mike. And I thought of the perfect uh, instance of this over Christmas, actually, because as a fun thing, my grandfather likes investments, all that sort of stuff, high risk stuff. He just thinks it's all fun. So we wanted to get him some Bitcoin. And uh, well, it wasn't me really that wanted to get it. My mother wanted to get him some Bitcoin. And she called me, how do I do this? You know, like, yeah. how, how do I go about it? The ATM is the perfect avenue i think for someone like my mom who hates having online accounts hey she can go and probably do this the one thing i was going to ask you that i i don't know if we've talked we probably have talked about this on the past but like what is like as far as knowing your customer what is involved with setting up an account um at one of your atms if my mom were to walk up and want to buy uh a half a bitcoin for mm -hmm. for someone you know is it a pretty easy transaction and you've said it's instant um that because that would be amazing basically the long story short we went through she's like well can you just get through your coinbase account i already had the account and it was instant in that regard uh, but had she not had me there might have been an easier way to go about it and go through the atm so the nice thing about 
they tam in your scenario it would be nice you because she would get the receipt with the public and private key on it and then she could just give him that instead he of like doesn't some, need a wallet that's what i like about that transaction right, right there yeah. is we were worried about okay so i'm holding it for him it's this yeah. it's this weird transaction so like you said she could just hand him that piece of paper and he has it yep yeah if you're the if you're the custodian of funds you better look out for uh sec or something to come, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. no i'm not um, uh, yeah if, if that were the case if that had been what we would have done yeah i might have to worry about that um, so yeah, in our, in our, uh, as far as compliance and regulation goes, so she would not have been able to buy half a Bitcoin necessarily. Cause we do have, um, we do have, uh, limits of what you can buy a day. So, um, we, I guess at today's price, we're getting closer to that, but, um, but who's so, imposing those limits? Is that a self, you guys yourself decide that the risk of you guys going beyond this is on you uh, or who? No, who's no, no, no. We're, we're, so we're a money services business. So if, okay. if we do, we have, we have requirements from the federal government depending on what the transactions are so um so we do and most of our most of our transactions are like two to five hundred dollars really that's the that's the average right. transaction so um most people which is fine all we need is a uh we uh, all we need is a phone like we don't even we don't even need anything really but we do in that process we get a phone number out of them for that for that amount um and so if you want to go beyond two thousand dollars um, which it, then we uh, require more ID, require a driver's license, um, and then the daily limit is three thousand, and that's from the federal government. So uh, yeah, that's it, it's the same. You know, I, I use the, the candy bar, the the uh, the vending machine analogy a lot. Of like, you know, we're just selling a candy bar. It just happens to be a five hundred dollar candy bar or something expensive. You know, you get a you know go to the airport and get one, get an iPod out of your out of the vending machines nowadays. It's a three hundred dollar iPod. Right. And so no, nobody's nobody's reporting you or trying to you know register that transaction for a three hundred dollar iPod. And so that's pretty much the same with us. So and you don't have to get into this if you don't want to. But what do you think qualifies you? What qualifies you guys as a money services company that has to qualify and has to meet all these demands of the of the regulation of the government? Yeah, that is a, that is a very good question. Um, it is the desire to just play it safe. Um, okay. There is. Yeah, I spent a lot of time researching. I like that answer, but I just didn't know what the what the. Yeah, I spent a lot of time researching, and and obviously since we started three years ago, four years ago, until now, it's just, it just hasn't gotten any better, right? It, it was just the right decision, and um, okay. it was a little it's a little nerve wracking. I mean, you are showing up on the radar at that point, and um, but it's not been a problem. I mean, there's nothing. Yeah. Well, and there are stories the opposite way of people who didn't, and mm. it turned out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It probably pays to be a little more conservative than mm-hmm. less, right? Uh, well, especially, especially if you're making this your business, like it, you know. The, right on. Yeah, and we're we're only going to get, and you can, Edward, you can correct me if I'm wrong. We're only going to get more regulated, right? In this right. in this industry. That, I would, yeah, I would agree. I think uh, the uh, as long as the regulation is the right type of regulation, I'm okay with that. But I mean, if they get you know, I, I, and they're obviously doing their due diligence and exploring what it is and how it works. They're trying to learn, you know, nine, nine years after the fact. It's like I, we testified at the um, Nebraska legislature about a month ago. There were a couple of bills uh, up uh, for discussion there and a bunch of us showed up and testified. And, you know, that, that was one of the points I made is, you know, we're nine years into this. and You guys are just now asking these questions like we've operated fine, survived without you guys. So, uh, you know, please please have a light hand in all this. Cause it's, it's not that scary. And there's, you know, we're just trying to legitimize it and make sure the people that are involved are 
doing the right thing. And so we're kind of the, we are the kind of the gatekeepers or policemen in the scenario. So. Well, and the fact that you guys have been following the rules, even when you technically might not have had to mm-hmm. should show a lot on mm-hmm. people in your industry. Sure. Yeah. I've, I've been listening to a podcaster video, a YouTube guy, Carter Thomas, and he actually thinks uh, some regulation is healthy for crypto because it gives us some legitimacy in, yeah. uh, in the investment space yeah. so that ETFs can come in and other, other larger money can come in. Mm-hmm. Agree? Disagree? No, I, I think from that perspective, like just as a purist or libertarian or whatever, like, you know, do I want it? Not really. But I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't want to support like terrorism. I don't want to support money laundering. Like I, you know, there is a patriotic aspect to all this. And so um, I, I'm, you know, if it's right, if it's the right regulation, it's fine. I mean, I posted on LinkedIn about, um, you know, Arizona, what they're doing from a, a fintech regulation compliance. And we're actually, I'm actually speaking at a Department of Banking event tomorrow um, about regulation and fintech because Nebraska is trying to figure out what to do. And so um, I, I think it could be done. I think it could be done. All right. Um, yeah. 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 No, I like some it. oversight is good, I think. But but that kind of flies a little bit in the face of why this started. So it seems yeah. a little odd. Right. But yeah. But I, I, I kind of agree with them that I, I do think if we're going to see real money come into this, we're going to need some some over, some oversight just so people feel comfortable. But I'm I'm torn or I'm, you know, I'm, I'm right speaking on. up outside the mouse because I'm, I'm approaching as a business and I want it to be legitimized. Right. But I think there is enough. Um, I still think there anybody that wants to get into it and and not and not be on the radar is can still do that. I, there's nothing they're going to do to stop that. And so for me as a business, I, I want to play by the rules, but as an individual, if I were not involved in the, the uh, industry that way, then I would, I would still be okay. Like buying it and, and feel safe buying it, I guess. So. No, the, the, the internal workings are still the same. Yeah. When you look at other States, um, you know, we have a international audience, but a, a big one here in the United States. When you look at other states that are doing well with crypto, that are that are being progressive with it, who do you kind of look to as the leader? I mean, maybe Nebraska is the leader, but who do you look for as the leader? I, hey, I think we we're probably out ahead of this in some ways. You guys are doing some great work around this, but who else is leading the way around? And if I was listening to this in other parts of the country, what would I look for? Um, I I think. One of the biggest challenges that um, that some of the even the legislation that was up in in the legislature was, um, what do you, what if anything do you have to do to be a money transmitter? And some of the technical aspects of blockchain don't fit into any of those traditional uh, systems. And so you really you can't really grandfather us in, in my opinion. Um, you've got to write stuff that uh, deals specifically with like private keys, right? There's no comparison for private keys and so um if you are and especially when it comes to blockchain and not bitcoin you know you're holding tokens you know your app holds tokens or something like that right that's not you're not holding cash so then what do you call a token if it's not money it's not even a a cryptocurrency necessarily um so I, i think it needs to be from scratch and i think it needs to be really short and sweet and um and yeah, and so, and so like Arizona um, is the one I mentioned. Um, Wyoming has done a good job of basically saying, "Hey, if you're on a blockchain or hey, you're you're in cryptocurrency, we we know you're not a bank. Um, we know you. Um, if you hold funds, you need to maybe uh, reply or comply with some of the rules that are out there. 
Um, but we understand that, that this is a little different and, uh, we're okay with that. And, um, uh, you're not a bank, so don't, you don't have to go to that great distance, I guess is, is what I would say. So okay. the, the app, like they're not, they're not, they're not putting regulations upon software developers. And so, you know, the, the question is, you know, are you a software developer? Or are you, or are you an investment institution? And, and so, um, trying to trying to make those distinctions as broadly as possible, I think is important. Well, this makes me wonder. So like we have Delaware, which is where most businesses are incorporated for the reasons because the case law in Delaware is so large for businesses. Is there going to be a state where like, you know, the crypto companies all incorporate in because the case law in that state of Wyoming, for example, is so strong in, in favor of crypto, right? Mm-hmm. Like in Delaware, it's in favor of uh, corporations. That's why people incorporate their, I, there could totally be another state where it's it's favorable for companies like you guys to incorporate in. Um, and if you guys were to be challenged, you could go back to that state and they favor your types of companies. So uh, both Kansas and Colorado have done a, a decent job of saying, hey, money transmission does not apply to you. So go really? go and have peace. And so, um, but that I think the the problem with that is, is when they just say it doesn't apply to you, at some point when the SEC is contradicting that or the IRS is contradicting Any that, rules. Yep. It, it makes people nervous because they say, well, you haven't really, you haven't come back and revisited it or you haven't defined it. You know, you've just said it doesn't apply, but the IRS is saying something different. So I think that is a, I think that's a problem, but I think it's, you know, uh, if you're in those in states right now, it's good for you, I guess. Um, and, and I don't think people necessarily flock to one one state i haven't really seen that um i think they'll more it'll be more of just a few states get blacklisted like we saw with new york right so you don't you don't start a crypto company in new york right now so i think if you come down too hard you're going to have people run away but i think most people most of the other states are pretty good about so far if they've said something it hasn't been too harsh california and new york are probably the, the worst in my mind interesting well, it's, it's good to know. We got listeners all over just kind of thinking, are you seeing, like, so, you know, you guys kind of have like an ATM network at this point, right? Lincoln, Fargo, Omaha, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah. Is that a trend that's happening? Are you seeing other ATMs being set up or are you guys kind of far uh, ahead of the trend? Oh, no, we, uh, yeah, we're, we're behind. We're, we're, we're pretty small in the space. Um, I mean, our, our, you know, there's always the, you talk about the long tail on Amazon, right? There's always these the products that don't that that don't sell very often, but somebody makes a lot of money because they have those products and a lot of them or whatever, you know. So I think our our we're going after call it the middle market in terms of everybody else is going after the big states or big cities. I mean, so we're we're intentionally going after the the medium sized cities to to fill in the gaps basically. And um, but as far as growth in the ATM count that has gone up quite drastically but again i don't know how much of that was from people reinvesting their profits from december right and so i think that it's going to trail off as far as the rate of deployment um it'll trail off a little bit and just be steady for a while and i think eventually once the price starts going up again and volume starts going up transaction wise and people are making money on the bitcoin they hold they'll buy more kiosks and keep deploying them yeah. All right. You teased us a little bit. We're going to talk more about that in the post show. So just a reminder, if you're listening to this through the RSS feed on your you know, iTunes or whatever, however you're listening to it, you want to head over to the slash support because we're going to do a whole section on kind of coin and 
talk about the speculative nature of it and where we think the market is going. That's all going to be in the post show. So head over to the average guy.tv slash support. That'll be able for free, everybody, by the way. Uh, typically, we ask a dollar for that. But this time, because Edward's on and we love having Edward on our show, it's free for everybody. Uh, Edward, when I was at your place, uh, I don't know, it seems, seems maybe six weeks ago, it's been a while, uh, you had an ASIC miner set up. Can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, it seems a little crazy to be doing ASIC mining right now just because prices are so depressed. But what have, what have you been mining? What are you using the ASIC for? Uh, what, what's going on there? So I think the I think the the price that you shut them off is um, uh, from from my understanding I haven't actually run the numbers myself is around five thousand um, dollars so we're we are getting close to that but that's part of why we are switching from and all uh, switching from hosting our own to hosting for other people I mean if they make that decision that's on them I hate to see them lose money uh, but we are we have the facilities in terms of electric and cooling. Um, and so we want to put those in and we get real dollars off that. Right. And we obviously mine our own equipment, have our own mining equipment there too. So we can profit off of, or get the coins. Um, the nice thing about our mining is that it goes to our kiosks. So we are not, um, you know, most of it, I should say, so we're not, we're not totally hodling. Right. And so, um, so we have a need for Bitcoin. And so even if it does, even dips a little bit low 5,000 or something like that, we can still, uh, uh, still benefit to us because it's providing inventory that we'd have to buy anyways. Um, so, so that's, that's one of the biggest reasons we mine is, uh, for inventory. Um, but also, uh, I want to inventory to sell, but then I also, like I was telling Mike earlier, like, you know, these prices, like I'm still fine with buying or mining. And, um, I think, Mining is just a more steady way of averaging in, or at least uh, getting into the space. So. Yeah, it's been my philosophy. I, you know, I bought these four cards. We've been mining all the way down. They're getting less and less profitable, and it's scary. Like right now, like I, I actually shut them off because it's like I can't look at those numbers. You're like, yeah, there's no way, there's no way I'm making any money at this point. I'm paying for it. Well, although it's buying coin, right? And I'm, and you know, it's still buying stuff. So. The other difference is that uh, since we get industrial rates on electric, then that is also like we're not paying residential electric rates. So, so that's, we pay about eleven and a half cents an hour on yeah. residential. What do you? What do you? Uh, we pay about six oh. in the winter. Wow. So, so maybe I'll bring. Well, maybe I should bring a well, river too. That's not what you pay. So you, in, if I did the math, you probably would actually pay the same amount in our space as you okay. would in your space. So, but for an ASIC owner, that's important because these things are too loud for your house, basically. So they are super loud. Video cards you're okay with, but um, if you're trying to run ASICs at home, it doesn't work so well. Yeah. So. yeah. No, it's actually pretty quiet in this space. I don't, the fans kick up a little bit. I do turn them off for the podcast, but I've forgotten in several weeks. Mike and I have been podcasting and I forgot to turn them off. And uh, they've been doing just fine, so it's not it's not too bad. Have you had many takers, or did you just start that? Just started, you... Yeah, we're gonna. Um, I've got it on the alpha site right now, but we're gonna it's gonna launch its, as its own entity. Um, but each state, what I've discovered, and again, a lot of this stuff I think is because of the price and people were profitable, so they were like you know starting things. But I think each state is going to have its own. There is something to be said for the uh, for the geo. Uh, uh, the geolocating of these close to you. Um, and so I think each state is going to have its own uh, mining farm like we have. And so it's not like, I don't, 
we're competing on price a little bit, but it's just a matter of, hey, I can drop these off to Edward and he'll get them plugged in. I'm not driving or I'm not shipping them off to another state, right? So people, so if there's, we're, we're trying to get the local market. That's part of the play. And, and you're mining Bitcoin, right? These ASICs are mining Bitcoin? It's up to them. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, there's, so Bitmain supposed to have an Ethereum miner coming out. Um, they already have uh, an ASIC, I mean, a, a Bitcoin and Litecoin. So most people are, mining Bitcoin and Litecoin with their ASICs. Cool. We'll have to keep track of that. I think that's a, that's an interesting service that you guys, I, I don't think I would have thought of that in this market. Like you think folks buy them. We, of course we've been following Sia coin in this community because it's a storage based coin, you know, and it's kind of interesting and it's a shit show there. It's super interesting. What's going on with that community. It's just, it's just, it's just crazy. But they have had a run of ASIC miners come in and they're on their second or third like comp- competing company that's providing these ASICs and they're driving down the price. And of course, the difficulty is going way up. And everybody I just saw on their Facebook group this morning, man, I was making 1500 coins a day. And today I'm making whatever half of that is, you know, 625 or, or 675, whatever that is. And it was like, yeah, guys, that's kind of how it works. Like, you know, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough world out there. Yeah, what has, I mean, you said, I saw the miners get released, but what is, I mean, why, how has that, I mean, you just said it, but like, why or how has that played into the economics of it? I, there are no economics to this. Like, it's, you know, the, the advantage to the to SIA, right, is peer-to-peer storage. That's mm-hmm. what it is. There's no advantage to the coin getting more expensive because they're using it as payment for storage. Now, in theory, if you had an ASIC miner and you wanted to, kind of protect your cost of storage over time you could mine on this and then Uh, use that right use those funds you could you know so say i had i went out and i mined a hundred thousand sia coins i would have enough storage and backup for whatever right i mean fill that in a year two years whatever right and so now uh, today you know you think you go on amazon you're probably the average consumer is probably paying 15 to 20 dollars a month for that service so you're talking two hundred to two hundred and fifty dollars a year. Uh, man, that's that 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 payoffs a long time. Uh-huh, <laughs> like for yeah. an ASIC, right? The typical ASIC, Mike. When you were looking at ASICs, what were you? What were the price on those things? I don't know the price, but I know it was a lot shorter payoff period. It was like three months. I mean, back when. Well, the but the price was good. Uh, yeah, that's what um, I mean. Edward. What what are ASICs running? I mean, just generally, those are three or four three. Two or three thousand dollars? No, the price has been dropping because of the coin prices, and so it's about one to two thousand nowadays. Oh, yeah, what's well, what's well, so so still two hundred bucks a year, to even at two fifty, you're talking a couple year, three four year payoff right now. Why do you, why do you um, what's the the Sia coin miners? How do they? It's I mean, it's, why did they create a miner? Is it because of the 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 hash that the Sia uses? Is it was it just easiest to create that? minor because that's the easiest hash or was there actually demand or it's been weird because sia has been the absolute unsexiest coin ever and and i'm not even sure the business model we're going to talk about this here in a second when we talk about blockchain that it it's even its business model of peer-to-peer storage is not really viable we've done this before in the space we did it when there was no blockchain and it didn't work and People are just not that comfortable. Now, they could pivot and come up with something interesting. And their supporters are all like, this is going to be huge. You know, it's a pump and dump type thing. <laughs> this is going to be huge. You know, this is going to be great. We, we listen to them and you're like, I don't think so. That's not the business model here. Um, which, again, I would know nothing if I hadn't participated in this community 
done some mining and had a and you know had a wallet because you have to kind of be in this to even care about it or you you just don't you're like ah whatever these guys are crazy but it's been an experience to watch this go on right i've learned a ton about communities and blockchain just by by watching this happen so yeah i, I Edward, I, I, I honestly, they're going to have to pivot on their business model to have it make any sense. See a coin today, a penny, maybe less. I don't know, Mike. I think I'd have to look it up. 1.2 maybe um, cents. Yeah, I can tell Some, you right now. Something like that. I mean, and so the, the, the economics one of it. One cent. Not even yeah, one planning. The, the economics of it are just stupid. And, uh, and, of course, people have been buying it on the way down kind of thinking, Oh, there's going to be an alt season and it's going to be awesome. And, and you know what? It still could be like, we still could, we could do another alt run. I think, yeah. I think there's actually enough. In, oh, this is going to save this for the post show. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Let's not, let's not talk about this. Hold on. All of a sudden I went down. Okay. So, uh, ASIC miners, yeah. do you think for, for most people, I, it's, is now a good time to get into ASIC mining because prices, because coin prices are down. Is it, or do you just, say, mm, don't, the average person shouldn't even think about an ASIC. Um, if, I think everything pretty much travels along the same path in terms of price, hash rate, and the mining, and the minor pricing. So I don't necessarily think there's a bad time because it's, it, it really, it's a long-term play. Are you bullish or bearish on the whole thing? And so if, if it's just as, just as good as not as an option as any to get into it, and the break even is, you know, ten months or whatever. I can't remember what the break even is, but um, so so it's not a there isn't really a bad time, but it's just a matter of how are you going to accumulate your coins and where do you see the price going? That's the question. Uyghur, would you jump on an ASIC at this point, knowing what you know? Do you think uh, you were talking about this at one point, my friend? I was, I was, and uh, the answer has changed to no. No, I don't okay. think I would now. Uh, for the same reason, though, I wouldn't jump on graphics cards right now. It's just not something I'm looking to get back into. I like the Burst Coin just because it's easier. Yeah. It's a little bit cheap right now to get into, right? You can get a lot of uh, space for, for relatively cheap. Yeah, space so, is still cheap. Yeah, but, that, that, but that's just me. I'm not going to jump back into the heavy investments right now uh, into the mining sphere. Yeah. no, it's I, like, I would take that money, though, and I would put it back into the market. That's yeah. what I would do. Okay, hold that thought. We're going to talk okay, about sorry. it in the post-show. Yeah, we'll we'll post <laughs> it's so hard to separate these two. It, it is. Right? It's, it's really hard. It's super hard to separate. We're going we're gonna to do it, though. Save that for the post-show. Um, I, I will say I just recorded an episode that is not released yet as of this recording with Dave McCabe on Reset. So if you haven't uh, if you haven't gone over there and subscribed to Reset, I don't know why you wouldn't. It's Dave; he does a great job. And uh, and head over and subscribe to Reset. I'm on there. We do an hour and fifteen minutes on Burst, Mike. We kind of covered everything we've learned. Dave and I talk through, and and we come to the conclusion that it's just a ton of fun. Like, you know, it's just we would do this because we're server and storage nerds. Totally. And that's why right? I'm doing it too. You know, right on. And yeah. so it's a ton of fun. And I've had more fun in the community working with people. It's brought the joy back to some community work that, frankly, had just died. Like, we yep. had stopped talking to each other about this kind of stuff. And we hadn't found that common storage thing to to rally around. So 
I don't really care if first ever does anything. It's just been a ton of fun. I can sell this equipment if I want to, or I can build it. I mean, I have 115 terabytes here, so I could, I could build a pretty sweet server farm on my, it's all USB. So that's not true either, but <laughs> it's a ton of fun at all. Shuck so. them and put them internal and you're good. They're not even good for shucking. No, they're not. To be honest with you, no, these drives are not very good. So, but they make great burst drives once you get them set up and working and they're just sipping power and it's pretty awesome. So, um, we talk about the whole setup process and how to do it over on Reset. It may not be out yet, but you can head over to Reset and uh, and get that downloaded. Edward, I wanted to quiz you on a few interesting blockchain implementations. Because I think, right. to be honest, this is really where the nerdery is. Like the coin stuff is a distraction, just to be honest. It's just a huge, it's fun. It's gambling. It's fun. But it's a huge distraction. I think for people thinking about blockchain or thinking about cryptocurrency today, I think as smart consumers, we should be focusing more on the technology behind the blockchain than we should be on what's going on with the coin stuff. That's Like I said, that's just distracting. When you look out there and you think about, now there's just a crap load of coins now, a crap load of blockchains. And you think about what's exciting to you about technology that's being put on top of the blockchain to actually make this viable. We had Tons of, including pets.com that came out during the the dot-com era that went absolutely nowhere. They had a sock and a puppet and they made a Super Bowl ad and then they went out of business, right? We're going to see that in the crypto space. Uh, some of them are going to survive. And I'm not asking you to predict that, but I am kind of saying right now today, what, when you think about blockchain technologies, what are a few projects you're seeing that you actually get excited about? I'm sure you're going to talk about it at this conference, but what do you get excited about? Well, actually, I mean, the Bitcoin Day Omaha, we're trying to focus uh, almost entirely on the crypto. I mean, we want to make it, you know, how can you how can you potentially make money, right? No guarantees, but how can you potentially make money? So the Bitcoin Day Omaha will be almost entirely about. Okay, about so that'll be, that'll be more coin. That'll be our post-show conversation. But yep. when you think about blockchain, what do you get interested in? Now, we do have in August, we will be talking about blockchain, but we can get to talk about that closer to August. Yeah. yeah. Um, for the for the hackathon coming up, um, which is not really it's not really it's a corporate event, so it's been interesting to talk to the the participants, these corporate innovation teams who are sending you know five five of their IT people over to uh, take a use case and turn it into uh, a prototype. Basically, I mean that's the entire purpose of the event. Uh, go from Friday to Sunday, pretty much like a regular hackathon, and have a have a pitch competition at the end. Um, you can win some prizes, but it's, it's, you know, we're looking at, you know, we have, uh, Assurity Insurance out of Lincoln, uh, Mutual of Omaha is involved, um, uh, Nelnet's involved, um, Payment Springs involved. Those are both Lincoln companies, but the, uh, uh, hold on before you go on Mutual of Omaha, gigantic old money company, by the way, Nelnet startup from 10 years ago, but maybe the, the one of the largest student loan organizations in the in America, and with yeah, an so, owner who is very old money. Old, yeah, yeah. So I mean, the fact that you got those two companies thinking about this should be a kind of a wake up call to some people. Like, ooh, maybe the blockchain's legit if we've got some of these kind of companies thinking about it. Yeah, I uh, I can, and it's not going to let me. Anyways, it's uh, I can get you the link later. Um, so we. Uh, so it's been it's been interesting to talk to them about what they're thinking about using it for, um, and I think what hasn't really been um, we don't have any logistics companies, but I think 
you know, when we uh, hopefully have one, an event in Kansas City as well. And so BNSF is down there. And, and so hopefully we'll have some interest from some logistics folks. And then ha- uh, actually on the coast, we're having one in Atlanta coming up. So hopefully we'll have some logistics companies get involved. But that's for me, that's what I'm most interested in now. I'm, uh, uh, yeah, so logistics and then which goes into like, uh, you can go shipping route, you can go the inventory route. Um, locally here, the folks that are, uh, that I've talked to so far have been, been a lot of business process um smart contracts and i think where we're at now while i while everybody says or thinks like the blockchain is the safe route because there's no crypto involved no prices involved i still think that um even even the the people we're talking to not only do you have to wrestle with the concept but you have to wrestle with the reality that in 20 years this will be a common thing and you've got to buy in or have some faith that that will or will not happen. It's just almost like the same as having faith that the price will go back to 20 or 30 or $40,000. You've got to think that other people are going to buy into this and get and grasp it, which um, is, is difficult for some folks. Like I'm not, I'm not like some high pressure salesman or anything, but like maybe it's inevitable, hopefully. Um, and so that's, that's where I think the biggest challenge has been, has been um, for people who hear the blockchain and think, ah, nobody's ever going to use that. It's just a fad or just, a Bitcoin thing or something like that. Right. So, yeah, I actually think the, the coin side of it is the fad and the blockchain is the real deal. Like I, I, and I know it's hard to separate one without the other, right. They, they, they kind of, they kind of come together in some cases, but it, I, I, the legitimate business work in this is in the blockchain. And I think so, I think there's two entirely different audiences though yeah, because right. you're gonna have the people that the people that are involved in Bitcoin are involved because of, they want their money uh, freedom for their money right to um, unshackled from the Fed etc and corrupt you know dictators in Africa etc like that's that's an entirely different market then so but then when you get into like market share there is a potential where if you've got the JP Morgans the you know, UPs and, you know, those guys that are, that are investing in this and building these that, that there is, um, this, uh, the, the selling process is farther along in terms of, or excuse me, is, is not as far as long as in the blockchain space, because you've got to get into the C-suites and talk to these people and say, this is what's happening. This is what's been happening. This is where it's going, um, versus anybody can go buy some coins. Right. So those are, so in terms of potential, um, I don't know. I'd have to think more about like where, which one I think actually has more. I think the nicer thing about blockchain or the, the wait, what the, the, the way to say it might be is that with blockchain, you have more sure money getting into it because you've got VCs or large firms, huge corporations getting into it. And that's a little more of a stable income than Bitcoin, which is a bunch of, you know, kids in their basement buying coins. That's, that's a little flakier, you know? So uh, did you just call me a kid in my basement? Is that what you just I think he did. I, was talking, I, think, I, he did. I think that's what he called us. I was talking about Mike. Uh, yeah, oh, okay. Like that's a lot better. Dang. Oh, that's right. Right. no. You're you're right, Edward. I'm gonna shut down for the night. I'll go go grab a beer, Mike. Yeah, I'm gonna grab another beer. Kid in your basement. Hey, kid, go go get. No, kid no. drinking my Lacroix. Um. Yeah. The 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 uh, throw up apricot water. The um. You're right, Edward, in the sense that there is still, and sometimes I forget about this, there's still this kind of mission to democratize, I don't know if that's the right word, currency, a global currency. 
And I do forget about that sometimes. I, I am excited, like, as I've been watching this space now over the last year, I am excited because I feel like we're working out some real issues and that we've been tested like this, this run up in December that we had really tested the networks and we learned a ton, like they're not ready <laughs> pretty much. And so it was like, oh, okay, well, we're going to have to do some things. We stress tested the network and we learned a bunch of things about it. And now we're, we're pulling back. So this pullback is actually probably kind of helpful. We're watching a whole bunch of things. Uh, kind of happen in the various, you know, we saw a consolidation of Bitcoin private, right? Which was was a Z classic in a Bitcoin for for maybe the first time we saw two, two uh, instead of a fork, we saw a spoon, right? It kind of came together. I don't know. What, I don't know if that's right, but <laughs> it, I just made it up. I got it. I like it. Yeah. It came together as one and like that had never for the most part been, yeah, it had been done that way, right? And that's a great test. Whether it survives or not, it, in some ways, is irrelevant. It's it's great that we're trying these kinds of things out. The fact that we're forking so much, the fact that we're trying these different things, many of these things will go away. The, the, the world probably cannot support as many blockchains and as many coins that are out today. Maybe they can, but probably they can't. But I think, don't you think that the just the experimentation that's going on in the blockchain is worth it for what we're doing right now? Yeah, I think even if you have a uh, blockchain project that's internal, like, you know, with inside a bank or whatever, um, there is the, you still have the opportunity or what I see happening is that you have to, you, you either self-mine, meaning all the different banks mine their own coins or, you know, do proof of stake or whatever, or at some point you have a product that is, even if you have the full intentions to make it a private thing, <clears throat> you eventually have this. Uh, so I'll give you an example and I'm not, I've, I've not talked to the meat. Well, I've introduced myself once, but, uh, Spreetail is a company out of, um, Lincoln and they're really heavy into retail or even like PayPal or proxy bid. Talk about those guys. Right. Like <clears throat> you have these scenarios where even if they did something internally that, that makes sense, if they're going to open it up to an outside vendor, they either have to somehow convince that vendor to get some coins that are Spreetail coins, or they have to. Uh, just say, oh, okay, you have some Ethereum because you're paying all your other vendors in Ethereum. Well, we'll take your Ethereum for our blockchain too. And so then you have that really easy uh, segue into a, or connection, you know, uh, to a public blockchain. That's kind of what I see uh, happening. Like it, their best intentions to do something with a private blockchain. At some point, uh, all your vendors are using Ethereum. So you're going to accept Ethereum or Litecoin or whatever. Ethereum, I think, makes the most sense. Um, so I think that's why I think that as much as they may resist uh, the economics of it at some point, um, why would they take your U.S. dollars in ACH or credit cards and pay those fees if you've already got something that basically plugs into your entire infrastructure already? So, yeah. do, you, do you think we get to a point where you have some companies like it just, as this starts to catch on and people start to use the blockchain for various reasons? You get companies who get left behind and they need a blockchain. And so they may consume. In other words, they may find a blockchain that is struggling uh, and say, hey, uh, maybe take it down the route of a ripple. In other words, yeah. like we're going to consume you. You're going to go private. Yeah. We may allow some outside mining because we need the network secure. Is that viable? I mean, or am I making that up? Well, <clears throat> there's. we haven't even talked about the idea of... Um, uh, do you need a blockchain, right? That's a whole other topic we can touch on. Um, and then be, 
And then also there's an example right now of there's a coin called Nautilus coin. And one of the, I don't know if it's CTO or key founders or one of the key people actually passed from what I understand. And so this Nautilus coin is listed on Poloniex and it's not active um, and nobody's working on it. And so I talked to my buddy, you know, I just, he's in the space and I was like, somebody needs to take over Nautilus coin. Like everybody's, you know, some people have a bunch of them. They're ticked that they can't do anything with them now. Somebody could come in and rebrand it just like Dash did with uh, uh, Dark coin or whatever they called it. Right? They just rebrand it. And so somebody could come in, rebrand it. Take, get the network effect and, and get the source code and, and uh, make a coin really easily and really quickly. And I, I, I don't, so that is a great example of what you just described. I, I don't have the money to go buy a coin, but yeah. Yeah. Well, it takes some effort. You get it. You're going to not only have to go in there and convince people, I mean, you're going to have to do some development work on it. You're going to have to convince people that this is legit. You're going to have to gather a community around it. I mean, all that stuff takes time and money and effort. Yeah. It's a ton of work. I think, I mean, the Bitcoin private guys did an enormous amount of work to get, and I'm not even sure it's all the way done yet in a lot of ways. I think we have a lot of things that still need to be worked out, including, I don't know if you saw in their white paper, they have presented that they're going to start going back. And I don't know if, if I'm, I'm sure I'm getting this term, terminology wrong, but there have been many blocks that have been mined on Bitcoin that are now not empty, but are lost. And they're going to remine those like kind of in on Bitcoin private because no one will ever be able to claim them. Right. They they are in wallets that are defunct. They're starting with like point oh four percent of the wallets or something like that. And they're going to do some tests on like, can they go back and recover those blocks? It's interesting. Right Right or wrong. It's interesting. Well, that's when all the NEM, all the NEM got hacked in Japan. Um, uh, they, they supposedly there was some conspiracy where they were going to go and like go retro, you know, go back on the for, uh, on the chain and start over at, at before the hack. And yeah. people got people got ticked, real ticked yeah. about that. Well, it's an it's an interesting thing because I think on paper it makes sense. You're like, yeah, I bet there are some wallets. It's not malicious. It's value that has disappeared. It's they printed a U.S. dollar and it got burned in a fire. Right. I, That's I, I want to know more because. How do you know nobody has the private key for that? That's the problem. We talked about that last week. Yeah, 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 that's the problem. And so I think it's, and I don't understand all the technology, but uh, apparently they have some way of detecting that it's in a wallet that's no longer functional. I don't understand that technology. I'll I'll be honest with you. I don't. But it's it's still an interesting conundrum. And it's still one of those things you kind of go, hmm, yeah, I guess that is. That is kind of interesting, and you know, with Bit with with Z Classic c- combining to become Bitcoin private, it it was the like I said, it was the first time we put two together, and so you now had a whatever Bitcoin you owned plus whatever Z Classic you owned, you got you know you you got this new you got a, an instance of this new Bitcoin private. It will be interesting to see what they can do with that. I I think they're trying to do some things as well to compete in the Bitcoin space. To me, that's an example of an interesting, you know, an interesting dev team doing some cool things with a blockchain mm-hmm. where the coin is the result. And yeah, people can trade and buy and, and buy and sell and all oh, those kind of things. But these devs are very, very active on this and are doing some interesting things that are being, I think that will be important in the future for the development of the blockchain. They're trying different yeah. stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we had, I, I, I didn't mention this, but we, there was a while there talking about um, I mean, it's 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 
just wonderful now with transaction speeds and like fees right now on the Bitcoin network. But for a while there, so we we have a miners fee because we you know we pay X amount of dollars to to send money if um, if you're let me think here if you're selling whatever there's a miners fee we have to pay miners fees so sending your Bitcoin. So for a while there, we had to raise that miners fee because the, we were just getting. You know, you get hammered yeah. in terms of what action fee was through the roof. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but that's that's under control pretty much now. But um, so, I mean, we didn't turn the kiosk off, right? That was the alternative. But or we had to pass on that fee to the customers, and that's what we wound up doing. I, I didn't like to do it, but um, there was it was, it was part of the economics of yeah. like I mean, it was part of the economics of this. But I'm actually I'm super glad we went through that. It's a test. Like, and you just don't, you don't know how robust your network is until you actually get a real test on it. I think Bitcoin and all of crypto will be better that we had a run up, whether it ever comes back or not, will they will, the whole network will be better off that we had this run up yeah. and, and it, and it put some stress on the network. And I think it made everybody better. I think it made crypto better. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learned a ton of stuff through it. So I, I think it was good. Um, and I, any other, any other blockchain, um, projects? Uh, um, yeah, I was going to say for some of us, though, that, that wasn't our first, uh, you know, that's not our first, this is, this is not an uncommon True. event and probably won't be your last one either. So, right. yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think for most that are in it now, it right. was their yeah. first. It's right? a broader audience. The, now, the one yeah. before it, there was one yeah. last summer, right? There was a little run up for summer. I think in like 20. 15, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, there was one there, there too. There's probably three or four or five. Yeah. You look at them now, and they're just little, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. because the, the the current one was so big. But I I do think now I wasn't around for those. You were, yeah. Were they as much trouble uh, for Bitcoin when when it when those things were going up? Did they see the transaction problems? Did they see? Was there enough people testing the network where it mattered? Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, they were they weren't scaling problems. I was I was mainly referring to the price of like you know going through the and because but the price does affect the number of users you have out there, psychology and stuff like that. Um, but in, as far as technologically, it wasn't as as big yeah. a deal. Like well, and exposure, right? Like we have CS see a. Wow, CNBC on our TVs all the time at work, and they were covering Bitcoin for a good forty-five minutes today. I walked in, I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa what is this?" Right and they, and yeah. they're showing literally the Coinbase price for Bitcoin. Yep. And I'm like, "When have we had this?" Right? <laughs> yep. And I, I'm sure, I mean, all the other advisors are kind of like, "Oh, geez, why do we need to hear about this?" But in a sense, we didn't have this type of exposure during the mm-hmm. 15 or any of those yeah. run-ups and yeah, that's true that's for sure so we just hear about it a lot more and it causes a lot more panic and it probably has a lot bigger effect on the actual price right because the more they all talk about it, the more people sell or buy and we we drastically change this up and down because of the exposure yeah i mean i think it does uh yeah, I think the the highs are higher, or lows are lower. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's super interesting. Any other Edward? Any other yeah. blockchain projects? Um, so I, the this is not purely blo- it's it's some crypto supposedly as well. But the um, I think it's the CEO of oh crap, it's escaped me now. Um, Uber is building a, uh, a coin, um, and so stuff like that is is cool. It's not truly blockchain related, but I'm trying to figure out you know, trying to fix all Bitcoin's problems or whatever, you know, that kind of like you were talking about, people are doing things that are, um, uh, that are innovative that we haven't had to do before really. Um, so yeah, it, it's competition, which I think is good. Like 
it's causing people to think through, oh, you know, you think like a feather coin, which will probably never go anywhere. But it's, the, you know, when Bitcoin was having its issues, it was saying, hey, look, we are light and our transaction speeds are fast. And that puts pressure on others and other dev teams to go, oh, well, okay, maybe we need to rethink uh, the, the, the software because we have to remember that at the end of the day, this is really just a piece of software, right? Doing its it, thing. It is um, talking about this, you know, the CEOs and kind of the the, comp, you know, the executive suites that it is as part of why I think things like the the blockathon are uh, important or helpful because they aren't. Some people do just want to develop it internally, right? We're not. I don't know as far as the players that will eventually, um, like Kyle Kyle Tut, for instance. In um, he's in here in Omaha too. He's working on an ag project, uh, building a uh, uh, basically a, a tracking system for uh, farm data. So all the data on the farm, he's feeding that into a blockchain and stuff like that. You know, I mean, you can't really talk about Nebraska without talking about ag, and that certainly applies to the, uh, blockchain stuff as well. Um, things like that are exciting. That 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 data is now all getting fed into like John Deere, for instance, right? There's this whole hullabaloo about John Deere, how they have this proprietary software on their tractors. They own your data on your tractors. So uh, no matter how much you try to do it open source, you know, that, uh, uh, that is a challenge, but something like blockchain does give you some, uh, let's say economy of scale in terms of working with other folks to combine that data and work together to take on somebody like a John Deere that is uh, kind of the, the, the bully in that space. So <laughs> that's weird to think of it that way, but it is, that's just, that's the economy uh, yep. in that, in that farming, in that farming community. And you're right. Uh, we don't, Mike and I don't emphasize ag at all, but it's tough to, to not to separate that here when we get in our business community in Omaha, mm -hmm. uh, how heavy the ag influence is here. And it's just a big deal. When we think about Iowa and Nebraska, Kansas and Missouri, the Silicon Prairie is what we call that on the tech side, but the, there is, there's more farmers than there are people living in the big cities. And so it's I'm more uh, of an international guy than a John Deere guy, but I mean, whatever teaches. Oh, oh no, John Deere. It's, <laughs> if it's not green, right. You, <laughs> you should know. figure out a tie in for ag, have some farmer that's really into tech. Come on here and tell you what he does. I, I need to, I need to find someone who will come on and talk about that. That'd yeah. be, uh, that'd be an awesome, uh, an awesome time. We almost, we, I had a gal on the hook to talk about that. You know, the, they have an Uber for rural communities, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And we just, Liberty. Never, it ne yeah, Liberty. It never really worked out. So we, we, we just didn't, we didn't make a connection, but. Well, and, and my father-in-law is, is a farmer, right? Like my wife's family is a farm family from Southeast Nebraska. And he would love me to come down there and implement more of this. Um, he's, he, he thinks it's interesting and he sees the benefits, has no interest in doing it himself. Uh, even to the point where, you know, even his tractor has, it's combine everything has the ability to everything automated and he still does the manual um you know just because that's the way he learned that's the way they've been doing it for forever so so why yeah. so why change now so i think there's I, it would be interesting to find someone from that community that has the tech background that they've actually implemented it and see the returns they're getting on it right is it making a difference in what they're doing yeah maybe ask mike and see if he knows yeah, if there's some young whippersnapper Hey, yeah, right. Whipper, whippersnapper in there. Who's, who's the guy running those tech uh, self-automated you know, combines or whatever? So, Who, <laughs> hey, Edward, did you see um, John Oliver's take on, I did, on yes. crypto? What do you, what'd you think of that? 
speaking of that, you guys should go to the farm and you guys should do an on-site podcast of like driving a combine and doing all that fun there stuff. There we go. I'll, Jim, you can come down anytime. Uh, we, could, we could crush it on the video side if we did like a vlog style. Oh, for video. sure. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, that'd be dangerous. We 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 have daytime jobs <laughs> that require us to be pretty busy. But uh, Edward, what'd you think of the uh, the John Oliver segment? Because I felt like he, for the average guy, he hit the marks. He has to be funny, right? Mm-hmm. So he has to be funny. I felt like for the average guy, he hit the marks. What'd you think? Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, from it was inaccurate if you really care what John Oliver thinks, but like right. he, you know, he like brought an exposure like Mike was talking about and made it funny and made it engaging and, you know, uh, educated people in his own way about what HODL means and all these, you know, how, how really the community is kind of, uh, uh, dysfunctional and, you know, that's all, if you get into tech, like, or if you get into any industry, really, like you figure out eventually the industry is dysfunctional. So I thought, I think you did a good, he well, did a fine job. Yeah. We're all dysfunctional. Let's just <laughs> let's just be really clear about that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I kind of felt like he hit the high points right. And I, mm-hmm. I felt like he had done some research and his team had done some research to get the right keywords in there for <laughs> the and it was super funny about the guy Dave, I think, or whatever his name was at the office, who's always talking. <laughs> and it's true. <laughs> like, the guy who's always talking and just annoying you and you know, yeah. I was talking to somebody the other day and they were like, Yeah, somebody came in the other day and they were just talking about Bitcoin and blockchain stuff, and yeah, we just blew them off or whatever. But I don't, my only my only beef with him, which is not really a big deal, but is that I I thought he was it was because uh, Ellen had done hers, her daytime morning thing, like two weeks before. And so I'm just like, you're only doing this because you're trying to play off of what, you know, Ellen's popularity and all the hype she got out of hers. And so that, it's not a big deal. Well, no, I haven't. I have to go on YouTube and listen to that one. I didn't I didn't realize she had done one a couple weeks before. Yeah, it's like it was pretty similar. Uh, anyways, it was like yeah. it was toned down for the daytime. Okay. Housewife crowd. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to drop the F bomb on Ellen <laughs> like John Oliver does. But right. it was, I, so it was funny. We at dinner, we, um, Sarah and I sat down. I'm like, you got to see this. <laughs> and so I played it for her and she goes, how, how close is it? Like, she's like, I actually learned a few things in there. And I'm like, it's actually pretty close. I, you know, it's, it's a good average guy, uh, explanation of it. Yeah. I do think we'll talk about this in post show. I do think if we do see a turn, everybody's back in. Like, I, I feel like everybody's kind of waiting on the sidelines, like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But there's so much pent up FOMO at this moment. Like, if it moves significantly at all for a couple days in a row, I just feel like this thing could take back off again. It could be crazy. So one way to judge that is I'm not I'm not a tether guy by any means. People think it's a scam coin, etc. But if you look at uh, USD tether or look at tether, um, and you can see the volume there, and and that's pretty much where all that pent up energy is. Is that uh, a lot of people have gotten into tether recently because they are waiting on the sidelines. And so um, I think it's I think it's cool that you can see that uh, that um, I wouldn't endorse tether, but uh, not only because you're trusting. I mean, you're trusting folks for all these things, but right. but there is a lot of conspiracy theories about what Tether is. But I think it's cool that you can see that because it's kind of hard to see that in a, uh, I guess, like even in a, in a TD Ameritrade, Smith Barney type world, right, or Merrill Lynch, right, you can't see, um, there's, I take that back, I don't know for a fact, but you can't really tell if they're holding cash versus holding stocks versus it's very public in our world. And so... Um, People that have, might have exited a stock or made, made large stock trades to get all the way out of the market 
um, or they could be holding still in their institutional fund or an institutional account, and and you don't really know that. So, um, so yeah, look at Tether, and, and you can see where all the money's been going recently. So, so oh, very, very, very cool. And we're going to talk about some conspiracy theories because I got okay. a big one that we're going to talk right. about in the post show. Post right. show is going to be awesome, by all the right. way. So <laughs> let me encourage folks to uh, to to join us in the post show for a few minutes. We'll do that afterwards. Mike, anything else you want to ask? Uh, during this part of the show, I need to kind of wrap it so we can get into the post. Yeah, show. no, not during this part, but, but during the post show, we've kind of yeah. hit on some things. Edward, did I miss anything that uh, that you want to throw in here? Just one more reminder: what's how, if we want to do the Omaha event? Yeah, where do Bitcoin, we BitcoinDayOmaha.com. You can go there and buy tickets. So uh, hopefully, we'll see you there, and hopefully, we'll. I mean, we really want to take <laughs> the impetus. Part of the impetus was. I get calls and people want to sit down for coffee and have me explain all these things. So the idea was, you know, you get to kind of pick a whole lot of brains, not just mine, and you can take in as much as you want, ask all the questions you want, kind of just one spot to, to do all that. And it'd be cheaper than a coffee with me actually. Cause I charge. Nice. That oh, I like that. It's an expensive <laughs> cup of coffee. If that's uh but very good. I'm glad you're charging for your hours. Cause we know Uyghur charges for every, by the way, he sent me a bill. And he was like, uh, by the way, I have to bill you for your podcast hours. Holy cow. Mike, I, I can't afford you, Mike. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm never, house is pretty sweet. Got a I'm, boat out front now. I'm going <laughs> to have to see a gym. I'm going to have to let you go, Uyghur. Right. Yeah, I, uh, I can't afford your legal services. Yeah, so. <laughs> no, very good. Uh, Edward, hang on uh, here. We'll go into the post show. Remind everyone that, uh, again, if you're listening to the, the podcast feed of this, we have a post show available on Patreon. Go to theaverageguy.tv slash support. I think that gets you there. Get to my Patreon page. I know it does. And uh, you can listen to it. No, no Patreon charge uh, this time. If you want to support the show, what Mike and I do here, a buck a month, is all it takes. And every month I make the post show available. Lots of crypto conversation in the post show. So if you like that kind of stuff, head out and support us. If you don't like it, you can still support us. You don't have to get that stuff. I've got one in $5 plans that are out there if you want to be able to do it on Patreon. I always appreciate your support. It just kind of helps uh, do what we do here, pay the bills sometimes. And uh, I drop that into a savings account. And then when I have an emergency for the podcast or an opportunity, I've never bought Bitcoin with it. Let me just go on record. Never have bought Bitcoin with your Patreon money, but it does help on the network here. And so we appreciate your support. Don't forget, you can ta- contact me, and some of you do. Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. You've tracked me down on Twitter at Jay Collison. By the way, Tony Rayner. Tony, I know you're out there listening right now. Number one Twitter guy of all time. His tweets are awesome. I agree. And, uh, Tony's, cr- like, Tony's tweets are incredible. I don't, Tony, I don't know how you do it, uh, but you are the, I have the most fun on Twitter with Tony. If you haven't joined us out in the, in the Twitter community, jump out there. It's a ton of fun. Like all the Twitter stuff is kind of gone away. It's just a ton of fun community to be a part of now. And we're having a good time out there. So Tony, thanks for priming the pump um, out there. And there's others of you who tweet back the weather to me and some of those kinds of things. Edward, I do a weather tweet every day and they tweet their own weather back to me, which is awesome. And so I appreciate you guys being on Twitter. Don't forget the average guy.tv platform, both web and media hosting powered by Maple Grove partners, by the way, we'll do another cyber frontiers coming up here. April 9th, I think is something like that. So we'll have another one out with Christian. We get secure, get secure, reliable high-speed hosting from people that you know and trust for more information, visit maplegrovepartners.com. Uh, hosting plans, 10 bucks a month, and they're super local. And nobody's better than Christian at this stuff. So Christian, not bullish on crypto. I'm just going to say it. He's not a bullish guy on crypto. So if you uh, if you want, if that's your if that's your place, come over and listen to Cyber Frontiers. You'll hear some of that 
um, as well. He's just not that excited about it. Don't forget, you can download the Home Gadget Geeks app, available both Android and iPhone. It's available from LastPass. We thank them for their sponsorship of the show, and we appreciate it. Uh, head out to HomeGadgetGeeks.com to get that one. T-shirts are still available if you want to head out to TheAverageGuy.tv slash T-shirts. And final thing, thanks for coming out tonight, and we appreciate you guys listening. If you're listening to the recorded version, head over, just stop. No, give it a second. Then head over to the TV slash support. Catch the post show. It's going to be good. I think it's going to be Art Bellish quality on conspiracies. So I'm just saying, yeah, I've got a good conspiracy. We're going to run by Edward, and this is going to be super good. So we are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at the TV slash live. Join us live with that. We'll say goodnight.